everyone. Merry Christmas. So glad that you are here with us today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I know it's Christmas Day for some of you and others. You've just had a great day of celebrating, but I'm so glad that you are here with us. Hey, if you're new to KC and this is your first time connecting in with us, welcome here. We're so glad you've chosen to spend some time with us. Can I invite you to text NEW to the number on the screen right now? We just want to get connected with you, help you get connected in with what's going on at the church. And to say thank you and to welcome you, we want to send you a Starbucks gift card. So text NEW to the number on the screen. Also, if you'd like to stay connected with all the things happening KC, uh, you can text the word CONNECT to the number on the screen now as well. Uh, we send out a, a weekly update newsletter type of thing, uh, just a text that says, hey, here's all the different things that, uh, that you can connect in with us. We'd love to help you stay connected with what's going on here at the church. Hey, a couple things that are exciting coming in the new year that we want to get on your radar. Um, number one, Alpha. If you're new uh, or you're seeking, you've got questions about God, about life, about faith, you're looking to connect with uh, some new people and, and, and just have a good time and, and grow, uh, Alpha is a great program to do that. Uh, Alpha is going to start on January 17th, and if you have questions about Christianity, questions about God, it's a great space to explore uh, with some other people um, what this is all about. I'd love to have you come and join us for it. Also, if you are interested in, in volunteering for Alpha, uh, to come alongside the people who are going to be participating in, in the program, I want to encourage you to head to the website, calumslines.com slash alpha, uh, for more information on how you can get involved, whether as a participant or as a volunteer. Also, coming up in the new year, uh, January 11th, uh, Rooted is starting. Now, Rooted is something we've been doing for a couple years now, um, where it is an opportunity, uh, like Alpha, but, but an opportunity for you to go deeper in your faith journey. You want to learn a little bit more about um, you know, some of the, the core essential practices and, and doing it with a group of people that can help you in your journey. Uh, you want to check out Rooted. It's so good. Um, so you can head to the website as well for more information on that. Hey church, I'm excited to be here with you this weekend as we get to unpack the Christmas story. Um, but before we do, hey, let me, let me take a moment to, to pray and then we'll jump right in. All right, Jesus, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for Christmas, uh, for the joy that this season brings. Uh, it's such a privilege for me to be here uh, with my friends today. Uh, so Lord, would you lead us? Uh, would you speak to us, um, and will we just be reminded of, of the hope and the difference that you make in our lives? Amen. All right, now, I don't know about you, but Christmas, uh, the Christmas season for me is often a blur. Like, there's so much stuff going on. Yeah, there's parties, there's presents, there's like getting Christmas trees, decorating your house, putting Christmas lights on, making sure you're getting to all the Christmas programs. Like, it's, it's a busy, hectic season, and, and often it passes, and it's the week after, and I'm, I'm going, holy smokes, what in the world? Like, what, what, what was, that was a fun time. And, and I, I catch myself in that week after Christmas kind of going, man, I, I don't actually think I took time to pause and think about Christmas. 
to think about what Christmas is actually about. So it's been a, an awesome uh, time for me this year as I've been able to slow down a little bit and, and really chew on and get into the Christmas story. Now I think the Christmas story is awesome uh, and so I actually wanted to bring uh, my, my son into it, my oldest Jude, he's eight, into it as I was kind of thinking through the Christmas story for, for this weekend. So we sat down together and, and we, explored the, we explored the stories in Luke 2 and Matthew 2 uh, and just kind of was like, hey, what are some questions we have? What are some things we, we learn about uh, Jesus in the Christmas story? Uh, and, and it was great. It was so awesome just to sit there with them and, and explore together. And, and what I want to do today is take some time to share some of our reflections. And as we'll see, uh, one of the things we kind of came up with at the end where we said, hey, you know, Jude, what, what do you think, what do we think the main meaning of like this Christmas story is? Here's, here's what we came up with, that, that the greatest gift is not under the tree. No, the greatest gift, he, he's in a manger and he's inviting you and me to a place where we can meet and experience him. That's what Jude and I came up with. Uh, Jude also kind of said, hey, do you know what, what I love about Christmas is that it, it shows us that everybody is welcome because everybody has a place with God. So what I want to do is just walk through the story that's found in Luke 2 and, and Matthew 2 if you want to read it later. Um, but I want just to, to try to walk through it with you together and, and then pull some of the, the, the thoughts uh, and the questions and, and, and just the insights that we kind of came up with as we were doing it. So let's, let's get into this, right? The, the, the Christmas story um, begins in Luke 2 with, with Joseph and Mary on their way to Bethlehem. Why? Well, because the, the emperor at the time, Caesar Augustus, he wanted to know, hey, how many people are actually in my area? How many people are, are in uh, like the Roman Empire at this time? So he said, hey, Everyone needs to go. Everyone needs to like take part in the census. We got to figure out how many people are here, uh, and so you know we, we kind of get that right. Like uh, if you're like an adult, you've had to take part in a census before, where you fire up a, a link online and you're answering a bunch of questions, and it takes you know like five minutes of your time. Unlike the censuses that we get to to, to fill out, um, the one that Mary and Joseph had to do was quite different. They had to actually leave where they were, so northern Israel and Nazareth, and travel down to Bethlehem, which is, is a ways away. And you got to remember, Mary is, is nine months pregnant at this time, right? So you can imagine that this, this journey, because there's no cars or buses or planes. Like, they're just walking. Mary's nine months pregnant, so she's probably like, you know, doing like, yeah, she, she, she's probably not enjoying herself. So they had to actually physically go to Bethlehem. And when they got there, you can imagine, like, it was busy. It was chaotic, right? There was a whole lot of other people there who also had to take part in the census. So they're going on and they're trying to find a place to stay, right? Like it's it's like tournament season in Kamloops when like there's no uh, vacancy in any of the hotels and, and everyone's like, where are we going to stay? So it's it's in that kind of like context where where Luke writes that that it was he he says while they were there the time came for the baby to be born, right? Mary's nine months pregnant. And the time came where it's like, okay, no, this, this is happening now. Like the baby's coming. So naturally what they do is they, they, they head up to the Bethlehem hospital. They get Mary all settled in. Baby Jesus is born. And, uh, and he's, he's, he's placed in, in a nice little bed with his nice little hat that the nurse, nurses gave him. And, and everything is comfy and cozy, right? Except, 
I mean, that might be how I would draw it up and how I would have loved to have it, but except that that's not how the story goes, right? There, there's no hospital. There's no comfy room. I mean, in fact, there, there was no room for them at all, right? Luke says that Jesus was born basically in a barn. Uh, he was placed in a manger, which is like a feeding trough uh, for animals. So they, they couldn't find anywhere to stay. So they just went to a place where they could find it. And it happened to be a place where like animals are kept, right? So it's not a clean place. It's not extravagantly dressed up. Um, it's probably not a super comfortable place. And it certainly is not a place that you'd expect a king to be born, right? Like Think about, you know, the, the moments where, where one of like the royals has a baby, right? Like it's huge. Like there's media coverage. Everyone knows about it. And, and you know, there's like the best care, the best comfort. Everything is happening uh, to make sure that, that, uh, that, that it's going to be the, the biggest event ever. But, but Jesus comes into a place that was dirty and it was messy and, and it was stinky and there was animals all around. And he was born into a place of, of real simplicity. And, and, and it happened, and, and it went largely unnoticed by most. Now, I, I say most because both Matthew and Luke, in their stories of, of the birth of Jesus, they, they share of some people who were, uh, who, who noticed. And, and, and it was awesome. As Jude and I were working through, we, we, we noted a, a couple people. So we're going to look at those. So one in Luke, uh, Luke shares about the shepherds, right? So these are just ordinary, hardworking people. They live simple lives out in the fields. Like they're, they're probably a little bit dirty, a little bit messy, a little bit stinky, right? They're not the type of people that uh, you would really take notice of if you've seen them. They're not the type of people that, uh, that, uh, that you'd really, you know, care too much about. You, you actually might, you know, if you saw them on the road, you maybe like would move over because you're like, I don't want to be near these people because they stink and they're, they're gross. And, and Luke, he go, goes on and says, hey, look, there were shepherds in their fields. Like the story just changed. Jesus has been born. He goes, hey, there were shepherds in the fields watch, keeping watch over their flock at night. When suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Now, I love these parts in scripture. Like anytime someone's just minding their own business and an angel just shows up and it's like, I'm here, listen to me, right? Like rightly so, you'd be terrified, right? Like if I was just sitting at home watching the Canucks game and an angel showed up, I, I'd be a little bit scared. But what I love is that the angel comes and he calms them down. And I think that is such a, a great reminder that, that in the presence, where there's the presence of, of God, there's peace. And, and, and he, he tells the, the shepherds of this, this good news of great joy, that, that Jesus had been born, that, that the Savior had been born. And so the disciples, or the disciples, sorry, the, the shepherds, they, uh, they, they're all like, okay, well, we got to go check and see what this is all about. So they, they head to Bethlehem, which, and Chris unpacked this for us on Christmas Eve, so we're not going to go too much into it, but, but it was just these ordinary guys who, who came and saw Jesus, and they experienced, uh, they experienced uh, his presence, and, and in that moment, they were transformed, right? So Luke, he shares about the shepherds, really these, these nobodies who, who were invited in, um, who were called to come, meet, and experience Jesus. So that's Luke and the shepherds. Matthew writes about these other people, the, the magi or, or the wise men, as we, as we often know them as. And, uh, and the wise men, 
Uh, whether it was three or, or more, we don't actually know. So sorry to burst your nice little nativity scene at home with three wise men. We don't, we don't actually know how many number. But there was, there was a group of wise men, um, and these were people who were wealthy. They were well-respected. Um, they were smart, right? They, they were probably astrologers. Um, so they studied stars and looked for signs in the stars. Um, they weren't Jewish people, um, uh, so, like, they, they, they didn't necessarily know uh, or, or appreciate, like, the, the whole Jewish story, but they knew the Jewish story. They knew that there was going to be a king born, and, and they were looking for the stars. But these were the type of people that, that really you'd expect to be part of, like, a royal birth announcement. Because they are people of influence. They are people of great wealth. In fact, these, these magi were, were often the type of people that kings would go to for advice when they needed to make uh, some sort of big decision. And so these are the type of people that, that you would expect to be a part of, of this type of birthplace. Right? So they came from the east and they came to, to see and visit Jesus. Right, so Matthew is about these magi, these these wise, these prominent, these influential people who came, met, and experienced Jesus as well. And so, as as I'm thinking through this story, as Jude and I were talking through it this week, we we just were reflecting on, on this that the, the two groups of people that that we read in the Christmas story and and about the way Jesus came, and we were just like, why, 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 why is this significance? Why is this significant? Like, why a story about people who are on completely opposite sides of, like, the social spectrum of the day, right? Like, the nobodies and the shepherds and, and the influential people in the, the wise men. Why, why was Jesus born the way he did? Why did he, like, why was he born in a barn, right? If, if we think about it, it's completely opposite of how you and I would have drawn it up, right? We, we would have planned a party. We would have had, you know, like a, a nice guest list, like the VIPs would have been invited. Um, Mary would have had like every comfort she possibly could have. Um, she would have had like the best care. And, and, and it's completely different than how you and I would have uh, planned an arrival for a king. And, and, and the way he came, right, was in complete contrast to that. In fact, I, I love what one commentator says. He, he says this, the circumstances around Jesus' birth are so basic and humble in origin that it's hard to appreciate just who has been born here. He goes on to write that, that Jesus enters in the world in as mundane way as possible. Like, there's nothing extravagant about it, like, largely unnoticed by so many people. And it's significant because it began the process of turning the order of the world upside down, right? Like, the king was here, and Jesus was going to be a king that was going to be different than any other type of king the world had ever seen before, right? So instead of the VIPs, the first people to meet Jesus when he was a baby was shepherds, right? These nobodies, these, these people on the margins and the fringes, fringes of their society, right? And instead of like the, the religious elite people, like you would have expected like the, the, the priests and the Pharisees and, and the people of the time to, to, who knew the story to be like the first people to, to come and see. But instead of that, it was, it was, it was these, these astrologers, these, these influential men of great wealth, right? Both groups, we're, we're in search of a king to worship and a king to honor. And, and both were welcomed in to see 
Jesus, right? It's a, it's a new kind of access to a king that the world had never seen before. The access where everybody is welcome because everybody has a place with God, right? Because with, with Jesus, it's not about where you live. It's not about what you wear, how much money you have, what you do. No, it's about coming with a desire to meet and experience Jesus, right? A place where everybody is welcome. You see, the, 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 thing, the thing that Jesus, the way Jesus came to was that it showed us that, that this new king wasn't going to be the type to stand far away, right? He wasn't going to be the type of king that was going to wait till all the subjects in the kingdom would appease him and come serve him. No, the way Jesus came was, was one where he actually gave up comfort, he gave up position, and, and he, he gave up pleasure um, so that he could come and, and serve, so that he could come with an eye on on the needy, right? So that he could come and give everyone a little bit of sense of presence, of, of belonging, and, and of hope, right? It's, it's that it was the ushering in of a new way to live, where, where despite the busyness and chaos and, and everything that's going on around in the world, there's this slowness and this peace and this calmness. And when that happens, you begin to shift from, from just thinking about, oh, what are all the things I have to do to, to think about who are the people I can serve? Uh, J.I. Packer, he's a, a great Christian thinker, and, and as he was reflecting on Christmas and the heart of Christmas, he wrote this. The Christmas spirit is the spirit of those who, like their master, so, so like Jesus, uh, re- live their whole lives um, with the principle of making themselves poor. Not poor as in like little money, but poor as in it's not about the money. Poor is in there. They're looking out. So spending and being spent is what he says. To enrich their fellow humans, giving time, trouble, care, and concern to, to do good for others. And he adds, not just for their friends, to do good for everyone in whatever way there seems need, right? That was the difference that Jesus came to make. It wasn't about what people could do for him, but what about he was coming to do for people, right? The, the birth of simplicity and then what his life would show and, and it pointing towards the, the sacrifice he would make for us on the cross. And so Christmas is, is something that's not about answering the question, what will I get, right? Or the anticipation of what's under the tree, which, which is great and fun and exciting. And, and I love getting gifts just as much as the next person. Uh, I love that. But, but the first Christmas shows us that there's a greater question. As, as we meet and we experience Jesus, the greater question that we begin to ask is, what can I give? Right? As Jesus gave, what can I give? So that's the challenge, that the, the change that the gift Jesus ushered in on that first Christmas. And, and it's a gift that that that's f- continues today, a story that continues today. So I want to encourage you to think about that this Christmas, to, to think about, uh, about that question, about, you know, now that you've had, gotten everything that you could have got, um, you know, think about what it meant that Jesus came and that he came to serve. And, and as you experience Jesus in those moments, to think about the question of what can I give? And then I want to invite you all to tune in next weekend um, to hear how this change and this gift and this story is continuing to have an impact here at KAC. Hey, church family, 
Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. Merry Christmas. Have a, a great rest of your day, a great week, uh, and we'll see you next weekend. See you later.